0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you?
1: Good morning. It's Friday, the 5th of August here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Hewitt podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. Coming up today, Apple's core takes a hit as iPhone sales slump and revenue declines yet again. The Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey says it's far too soon to bet on an interest rate cut. And we speak to one of the designers of the iconic Twitter Bird logo after it's replaced by X. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Apple has reported sluggish iPhone sales jarring investors. Third quarter revenue fell by 1.4% and came in below Wall Street's expectations. Shares in Apple fell in extended trading. Daniel Flags, a senior research analyst at Newberger Berman, says that the tech giant's woes are actually part of a broader trend.
2: I think the results reflect the fact that the environment is challenging. Uh, consumers face pressure from, from uh, uh, general interest rates, uh, higher inflation. And so there are a lot of cross currents that Apple, like, like all other companies, uh, cannot outrun.
1: Neuberger Berman's senior research analyst Daniel Flax there. He still likes the stock, saying that it has a vibrant ecosystem. If the stock slide continues, though, in regular trading today, Apple does risk losing its $3 trillion valuation. Amazon shares have soared in after-hours trading as it generates strong revenue growth in the core e-commerce business whilst also cutting the pace of spending. Since taking the reins two years ago, CEO Andy Jassy has focused on reining in costs at Amazon while still investing in the core businesses and also how to make money from AI. Thanks,
2: Dave. Uh, the business has grown to be pretty large already. And I still think we only have a fraction of the features that we need. I don't think we're close to being done growing there. And that is a, a very strong area of focus for our stores team and for our senior leadership team as well.
1: That was Amazon CEO Andy Jassy, who also sees stable growth in the profitable cloud computing business. The Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey says that interest rates will have to stay high for a long time to bring inflation to heel. As the central bank raised interest rates the 14th time in a row to 5.25%, he told Bloomberg the outlook is improving.
3: It's the last mile, if you like, I use the sort of term sort of a bit loosely, it's the last mile, which obviously where policy is really doing the work, and we're going to have to see policy stay restrictive. Now, the question then is for how long? I'm afraid the answer is because we don't know at the moment, that's why we say for sufficiently long to have its effect, because it's too soon to judge really how long that's going to take.
1: Governor Bailey added that it's clear monetary policy is now bringing inflation down. Donald Trump has pleaded not guilty in a Washington courtroom to charges that he conspired to overturn the 2020 election. This is the third criminal case brought against the former president in less than six months. Trump is running for the White House again and speaking after his court appearance, he claimed that he is the subject of persecution.
4: This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America.
1: That was Donald Trump making a brief public comment before getting back on his plane. He is next to you in court on the 28th of August. Barclays could shift its European Union headquarters from Dublin to Paris. The bank says that it's exploring switching its EU base to its rapidly growing hub in the French capital. Barclays has expanded its Irish office in recent years to maintain access to the single market. The company says that any move would only affect a small number of roles in its Dublin office. And lastly, the artist who designed Twitter's now defunct Bird logo says that he hopes it can be preserved as a cultural artefact. Martin Grasser was part of a three-person team who came up with the blue symbol in 2011. He told us here on Bluebeg Daybreak Europe that he was sad to see his design replaced as part of the platform's rebrand to X, but he hopes that it can live on.
4: I think the bird belongs um, in a a museum somewhere. I think it's an important cultural artifact. You know, I think it's like, it's an incredible symbol of an era of the internet. You know, it just represents to me a certain time. And um, I would love to see the bird sort of live on in culture. Twitter's at its best when it celebrates its users. And um, I hope that the bird becomes something that belongs to the people who use Twitter and it sort of exists in culture in that way.
1: Martin Grasser says he'll continue to use the platform, but he admits that the change to X is going to take a while to get used to. Okay, those are our top stories then for you uh, today. But look, I think we need to think about the big issue in markets today. Surely it's the eye watering moves that we've seen in the US bond markets over this week. Uh, We've seen a surge in long term US Treasury yields, about 25 basis points actually, for the 30 year yield since Monday. Investors are demanding more to hold longer dated bonds. Why are markets changing their minds or so skittish around this issue now? Well, the U.S. Treasury is issuing more bonds for one. So there are worries about a supply deluge. Also concerns about uh, U.S. government debt overall, the sort of longer term fiscal outlook. That's the big picture. Think about today, though. We've got the U.S. labor market. It may be so hot that the Fed might have to raise interest rates further to rein it in. Uh, So that's a a factor more imminently. And plus, there are lots of big finance names who are weighing in and commenting on it, of course. Elon Musk making the obvious Point that shorter dated treasuries are, are quote a no brainer something that Warren Buffett has also talked about. More interestingly, though, and we've reported on this on the Bloomberg Terminal, Pershing Square Capital's uh, Bill Ackman, something of a social media provocateur, says that his firm is shorting thirty year Treasury bonds, basically a, a hedge against the impact of higher interest rates on stocks, but also a kind of standalone bet. So that's you know a, a bit more of an interesting perspective. What's the upshot of all of this? The bond market rarely uh, sees a week that we've had this week. Far from being the year of the bond, as a lot of people were hoping for this year, actually we're seeing losses for longer term uh, debt. The Treasury markets have basically retreated and... um, seen all of their gains for 2023 now wiped out and we're at the sharp end today because you've got US payrolls data. If the jobs and wages data comes out stronger than markets expect, does that mean more treasury market losses? So it's a very important week in terms of bond markets to think about. And so, yeah, I think uh, that is one that market participants and really everyone uh, interested in markets is thinking about. Having said that, of course, also coming to the end of a very big week for earnings. So let's dive into the tech earnings now. Amazon shares surged in post-market trading. The company managed to slash costs and grow revenue 11% in the second quarter. Apple shares, though, slumped, declining sales as the industry-wide slump in smartphones has really weighed on Apple, of course, the market leader. Let's go live now to Germany. Bloomberg's tech reporter in Berlin, Aggie Cantrell, joins me this morning. Aggie, great to have you on the programme. Let's start with the good news, shall we? It's Friday. Why not? Amazon online sales, the cloud business doing extremely well.
5: Yes. So, yeah, let's start with the good news. And and that is very much the case with AWS, which is still the driver of uh, Amazon's profits and has been for quite a while. It is interesting to look at how they are talking about AI being integrated into AWS. This is, of course, something that their competitor, Microsoft, has uh, focused on with their investment in OpenAI and their Azure cloud. Similarly, AWS has also been talking about how AI is going to be supporting their applications. But interestingly, yesterday, Andy Jassy said that he wouldn't put a date on exactly when that would be a potential boon for the company. Mm. Um, There is also this other thing as well, which is that in the online stores, Something that I thought was interesting is that we have seen sales growth in the online stores year on year. Typically, uh, Amazon has done quite well um, uh, in the online stores, even in times when times are tough, because they have such a range of price pr- uh, prices on their stores. And something that I thought was quite interesting is that consumers seem to be trading down, which goes into a broader consumer story about people who are actually struggling to pay for higher price items. And so it's it's interesting that while they have seen sales growth in the online stores consumers are actually going for the cheaper options
1: yeah that is interesting and um, perhaps when you contrast the amazon results with apple revenue from iphone mac and ipad sales all fell year on year um and so and they also expect another week quarter to come so those expensive items struggling a little bit
5: yeah absolutely i mean this is the thing we've seen a broader slump in the smartphone market um since uh, since the pandemic really um, and Apple of course their items are definitely not cheap they are seen as high-end items e- within the smartphone market and they are priced higher than a lot of the others so they are exposed more to any uh, slump in consumer demand because people may either be opting for cheaper options or choosing to hold out with their older with their older iPhones and so this is the worst sales slump in 20 years mm. this is, and it is something that is quite significant because that's the entire time that the iphone has been around they have never seen such weak demand for their products and the iphone is such a crucial part of this the iphone is really the center point of their sales portfolio and it, it, there is a concern that even as they're bringing out new products that there is just not the same demand as there was before
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're expecting the new iPhone 15 in this current quarter. Yeah. Does Apple risk losing then the $3 trillion valuation? You know, um, quite a bit was made, uh, you know, when Apple reached that uh, eye-watering figure.
5: Well, as you say, we're receiving this new iPhone this quarter. And also at the same time, we're noticing that the company is is fearful that the, the sales slump will continue into this quarter. So that is a lot of the reason why people are looking at um, Apple's share price and question if there is sort of a mismatch between what the company is actually delivering versus what their valuation is. And of course, huge $3 trillion valuation. Um, which is it has benefited a lot from this uh, broader tech rally earlier this year. And I think, as we've seen in a lot of the other tech earnings this quarter, it's really come down to a question of the fundamentals and is this company actually delivering on sales and um, on profit? And that is really the concern for Apple right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Aggie, thank you so much for being with me this morning. Bloomberg's tech reporter in Berlin, Aggie Cantrell, just taking us through the Amazon and Apple results then, some of the key ones this week. Let's turn our attention, though, to the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey, who has told Bloomberg that it is too soon for the UK to declare victory in the battle against inflation. Speaking to our editor at large, Francine Lacroix, he said that the last mile of the fight will require a prolonged period of restrictive interest rates. Have a listen to that
3: key interview. It's going to have to remain restrictive to have this effect of bringing inflation down, and particularly next year. A lot of this year we're going to see inflation come down rapidly, but that's a lot of that is the unwinding of things that happened last year, energy and so on. It's, it's, it's the last mile, if you like. I use the sort of term sort of a bit loosely. It's the last mile, which obviously where policy is really doing the work, and we're going to have to see policy stay restrictive. Now, but the question then is for how long?
6: Right, that's the question.
3: Now, I'm afraid the answer is because we don't know at the moment. That's why we say for sufficiently long to have its effect, because it's too soon to judge really how long that's going to take. And the reason is that I think, because we've now, you know, I think, I, I'm much more confident now that it's on the downslope. Mm-hmm. But of course, people want to see that. They want to really believe it. They want to build. And then it right. gets built into people's expectations. It gets built into price setting. It gets yeah. built into wage setting. We've got to see that happen.
6: But governor, do, so do you believe it? Could you could you say actually you're victorious right now?
3: No, I'm not going we're victorious. That's that's that would be, I think, you know, far too soon to say that. What I see is is much more solid evidence that it's coming down. We've been, in a way, we've been you know, the number we had a couple of weeks ago. We've been waiting for this number for some time because there were all, there were a number of puzzles to us in the in, in the inflation numbers which just didn't seem to really reconcile with what we were hearing, and this gave us more confidence that we're seeing it.
6: But why put that wording in the guidance? What are you worrying about?
3: Well, I think what we're saying to, to you, know, there's a path in the market where rates go up and then they come down. Yeah. There's another path which we laid out today for illustration, where well, what happens if you keep rates essentially where they are today? Now, it's both of them return inflation to target, and there's no doubt some other paths we could draw on a piece of paper mm-hmm. to get the same effect. What we wanted to say is, look, before we get to the point when we can really say with confidence you know, this is is getting behind us, we can start to, you know, to to, to maybe bring rates down, we've got to see a lot more evidence, so they will have to stay, you know, policy will have to stay restrictive for a sufficient period of time to get to that point.
6: But is this a new normal, in terms of interest rates?
3: Oh, the current level?
6: Yeah, the, the current level, more or less, like, will we ever go back to what we had in the last 10 years?
3: Well, I would be surprised if we go back to near zero interest rates. I think something's going to have to happen that um, you know, we currently don't know about. I think if you do all the work that's done on sort of equilibrium rates, of where might the rates settle, that would suggest it's lower than it is today as a sustainable rate, but actually nowhere near, you know, down to where we were in the sort of the, the period post the financial crisis. But we're not that's uncertain, and we're not yet there to the point when we can start reaching, I think, firm views on that.
6: Governor, yeah. is the guidance preparing the, the way for a pause in interest rates?
3: We're not there uh, yet, I would say, um, but we're going to have to see the evidence as it emerges for, for the next meeting. So it's not, it's not designed to do that, but it is designed to say we're really seeing the effects now of policy working, that we're going to have to go on seeing those effects. We think there is a, you know, a clear downward path of inflation happening those things need to come place. Now, unfortunately, of course, as we said in, the, in, 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 the, in what we issued today, if, of course, I'm afraid we get news going the other way, then, of course, we'll have to, I'm afraid, respond and, and, and rates will have to go up again. So we're not there yet to make a definitive judgment.
6: But, uh, so by September 21st, I think we'll have two new CPIs yes, will, and yeah. a couple of government reports. What are you expecting those to show?
3: I th- well, the, the next one's out uh, in two weeks' time. Yeah. We do expect to see a drop in inflation because one of the two remaining annual energy base effects from the government's energy policies comes out. The July number released in August is the first one, the October number released in November, which we think is going to be a somewhat bigger one actually, will come out. And those two things are pretty firmly baked in. So we, we do expect to see that happen. What we see beyond that, well, yeah, we'll wait and. Uh, Wait, wait for it.
6: But, Governor, what would, you, what would give you comfort to actually say that you've, you've done the right decision so far? Well,
3: we've cool. said what we're looking at very carefully. We've pointed to three things in the past, and I would continue with those. Services prices and infl- services inflation, because it has a domestic labour content in it, particularly the labour market, where we are seeing signs of loosening in the labour market.
1: So that was the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey speaking there to Bloomberg TV's Francine Lacqua uh, after the 25 basis point rate rise. I mean, quite interesting, though, Bloomberg has compiled... some data which shows that not everyone thinks that higher interest rates are, you know, a sure thing to come from the Bank of England. One investor's got a £625,000 bet that the Bank of England is going to stick to 5.25% when it meets in September, i.e., not raise interest rates again. It pays out eight times that amount if that bet is correct. So interesting to see uh, one investor taking a particularly strong position unlike the rest of the market. Uh, That's something that we've uh, reported on the Bloomberg Terminal for you. Twitter's iconic bluebird logo, we know it's disappearing from our screens as the social network is being
0: rebranded as X, one of the designers who actually The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. American Funds Distributors Inc.
2: Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L dot com.
1: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Created that iconic symbol, has told us he's sad that it's being replaced, but that he won't stop using the platform. Martin Grass has started by telling us how he actually arrived at that design when we interviewed him. Have a listen.
4: We started with simple pencil drawings and really trying to get the gesture or sort of the basic shapes of the bird figured out. And quickly, we kind of found this sort of pleasant curve on the um, the belly of the bird. And um, you know, I think it was somewhere in between, like a hummingbird and like a blue mountain bird, but that really nice little curve, uh, that round belly. Um, was sort of the the spark that um, sort of sent us in the direction that we went in with the sort of upturned optimistic bird made from like really um, a group of circles to give it that uh, you know optimistic joyful round feeling.
1: Hmm, Okay and and why do you think then it worked so well?
4: I think that it worked so well because it's a Very simple drawing. It's constructed from 13 different circles of three different sizes. So it's all doing the same thing. I think that's really easy for the human eye to understand when a form is simplified. I think it also is so familiar to us. We push the Mm. button every day on our phone 200 times or whatever. And I think that, like, you know, I've been saying it's like the tree on the corner that after 10 years you walk by and it's being cut down and you're sad and you don't know why. And it's just because. It's been part of our our life, and it's familiar. And I think third is that it's, I think, round, circular forms convey a sense of optimism and joy. And it was also a bird. It wasn't an abstract drawing. I think that it makes it really easy to sort of relate to. How did you feel then when you heard that it was being replaced? I was sad. You know, I have to be honest. Um, There's like a bit of joy every time you see it on the news or in the NBA Finals or at the World Cup or on a bag of potato chips. It's really super fun to see your artwork in the world. That being said, I think it had an 11-year run, which is really hard to do uh, these days. What's your view of the, the new X logo? It was created in quite an unusual way, essentially just crowdsourced on the platform. Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of that is Elon's sort of personality. I mean, I know he has tweeted things like sees the memes of production and he's very into this sort of, um, JPEG meme vernacular. Um, and I think it's going to take a while to get used to, I guess, is my, my first answer. I think like with any logo changes, just takes a little while to grow on you. I think with the letter form itself, it's a tough solve that they have to come up with because it's angular and sharp and, um, it has these sort of aggressive, it has an aggressive construction. And so I think the challenge that they'll have is how to define what X means, how to make it feel welcoming and, um, and, and approachable in its own way. Do you think you'll ever work with bird imagery again? Oh, sure. I mean, um, I've seen some really amazing artistic, um, tributes, um, I, you know, I I think the bird belongs um, in a, in a museum somewhere. I think it's an important cultural artifact and a incredible. I you know I think it's like it's an incredible symbol of, you know, an era of the internet or an era of sort of this like. What we what we you know hoped it could be or what we thought it would be or you know it just represents to me a certain time and. Um, I, I would love to see the bird sort of live on in culture or, you know, I think it's like Twitter's at its best when it celebrates its users. And um, I hope that the bird becomes something that belongs to the people who use Twitter and it sort of exists in culture in that way.
1: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepger. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe.